You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. To get this show every day, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You can also tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Mets. On today's show, going to talk about another key to success for the Mets this season, which is their starting rotation. Yesterday, I broke down some depth past the starting five, but today I want to focus on the five guys the Mets expect to take the ball every fifth day. The first half will talk about the top three in the rotation, and then in the second half we'll talk about Rick Porcello and Michael Waka. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, check me out on Twitter, at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing about the Mets at MetsmerizedOnline.com. So Jacob deGrom is basically in the clear, right? I know we were concerned about the back injury, He came out of the start with back tightness. They did an MRI on him on Wednesday, and it came out clean. So right now, he's day-to-day. If he starts in that game against the New York Yankees, the exhibition game, he's clearly all systems go. Even if he doesn't, if they protect him a little bit and keep him in a controlled environment, there's nothing that indicates right now he won't be good for opening day. And the Mets need DeGrom, not only because he's the best pitcher on the planet, but because they don't have anyone that can fill those shoes. Marcus Stroman is great. I think he's going to have an unbelievable season. I think Steven Matz can put it all together as well. I think Matz in particular is really benefiting from Jeremy Hefner's presence as the pitching coach. But at the same time, the Mets need all three of those guys because there's no more Zach Wheeler and there's not a Noah Syndergaard this year and probably not even next year as well. So looking at this season, Obviously, you're talking about 60 games. If everyone makes each start, that's 12 starts per pitcher. So what I did when looking at these top three is just simply what did they do in the second half last year? Because essentially, that's what we're looking at, right? The Mets are going to play in the playoffs this year. They got to do exactly what they did in that second half push last year. And that's basically what you're talking about. As opposed to maybe 70 some odd games that you'll have at their traditional all-star break, it's a 60-game sprint. But it is the same thing, except everyone starts at 0-0 with the clean slate when it comes to their records. So looking at Jacob deGrom last year, he was obviously sensational down the stretch, pitching to a 1-4-4 ERA across his last 14 starts, striking out 117 batters in just 94 innings pitched, and, of course, winning the Cy Young, And the Mets also won his last five starts, which I think is really important to note. Then you go to Marcus Stroman. He pitched to a 3-2-8 ERA after the All-Star break, but three of those starts came with the Toronto Blue Jays. In 11 starts with the Mets, he pitched to a 3-7-7 ERA. I expect more from him this year. I really do. He's been working hard throughout this second offseason time. It seems like he has added some weapons to his repertoire He's got a lot to offer, and he's in a contract here. So I expect big things out of Stroman. Then you move to Steven Matz. 
He pitched to a 3.52 ERA in the second half last year across his 14 starts. When you look at the Mets' record in the second half with those three guys on the mound, they went 8 and 6 with Steven Matz pitching, 9 and 5 with Jacob DeGrom, and Marcus Stroman they went 8 and 3. So people who think Stroman didn't have a big impact last year, I know he didn't dazzle the way the Mets might have expected or the way fans might have expected pitching to a sub 3 ERA or whatever lofty expectations they set out for him, but the electricity in the ballpark when Stroman was on the mound I think it did impact the Mets, and it seemed like they played good behind him, even when Stroman didn't have his best stuff. Overall, 33 of their 39 starts in the second half with those three guys, they allowed three runs or less. Now, those weren't all quality starts, but every time those three guys tow the rubber, or most times, they were giving their team a chance to win. If they do that this year... I think the Mets are going to be in good shape because we'll talk about the bullpen maybe tomorrow. I think the Mets' bullpen is going to be vastly improved. So even if Steven Matz throws a lot of pitches, which he tends to do at times, if he gives the Mets five innings of one-run ball, that's perfect. That's all they need. Now one thing to note, Jacob deGrom allowed three runs or less at each of his last 14 starts as he was simply sensational. You look at those guys and the record they compiled in the second half, Last year, the Mets went 25 and 14 when those three guys were on the mound. That's a 641 winning percentage. If you take that winning percentage and extrapolate it through a 60 game schedule, the Mets, or well, a 60 game schedule of 36 starts, the Mets would win 23 of their 36 starts this year. So if they can do that alone, if those three guys can each make their starts, and the Mets can win at the same clip as they did last year when those guys were on the mound, the Mets will go 23-13 and across over half of their schedule. But obviously, there's still 24 more games that have to be played. And if they stay healthy, those starts will go to Rick Porcello and Michael Waka. So what do the Mets have to do in those starts to win and make the playoffs, right? I looked at the Braves' record last year. Winning the NL East, they went 97-65. and 65. If you take that winning percentage, multiply it by 60 games, that's 36 wins. The Nationals made the playoffs as a wildcard team with 93 wins. Same thing, extrapolate it out, that's 34.4 wins in this shortened season. So what that tells me is the Mets need to get 35 wins this year. That's your magic number. The Mets go 35 and 25, 10 games over 500. They're likely going to be in the playoffs either as the division winner or as a wild card. So if the Mets go 23 and 36 in the starts where Jacob DeGrom, Marcus Stroman, and Steven Matz are on the mound, that means they need to find 12 more wins in the other 24 games of their schedule. So they need to play 500 when Rick Porcello and Michael Walker are on the mound. I'm going to talk about their seasons last year in just a minute and how the Mets can get to that mark this year. One thing you have to say about Rick Porcello when looking at his career is he has been one of the most remarkably durable starting pitchers in baseball. And of course, as Mets fans know, that probably means he's going to get hurt this year. 
Knock on wood. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Let's hope we don't have a Todd Frazier situation where he had never seen the DL until he wore a Mets uniform. Hopefully, Rick Porcello is healthy and makes his 12 starts this year because when I look at Porcello and Waka, I have more confidence in Porcello for a couple of reasons. One, the health. That's obvious. Two, he's an innings eater. A guy that, like I just said, picks up the ball every time. Across his 11-year career, he's averaging 31 starts and 105 innings per season. That dates back to when he was 20 years old as a rookie with the Detroit Tigers. Also, when I look at Porcello, he's an even-year pitcher, it seems, right? Won his Cy Young in 2018 or 2016. 2016, that is. And he pitched well in 2018, or better at least, and you go back further, 2014, it was good. 2015, not so good. 2017, not so good. 2019, not so good. It seems like every other year, Purcell is due for a good season. So maybe that's what happens this year with the Mets. I think he has the stuff to do it, and I think he's going to be dependable. And that's something the Mets can really use. You look at his year last year, and even in a down year, he gave his team a chance to win a lot of times. He had an AL worst 5-5-2 ERA for qualified pitchers. Yet, he still won 14 games. In his 14 second half starts, he had a 5-7-9 ERA. Not exactly what you want to see. At the same time, in 5 starts in May, he pitched to a 3-3-4 ERA. Also in 5 starts in August, he pitched to a 4-0 ERA. And the Red Sox went 7-3 in those 2 months with him on the mound. The bottom line is if the Mets can get one of those good months out of Porcello, they'll be in good shape. If you get one month where he goes 4-2, and two, all you got to do is go 2-4 and four in the other month if he's having one of those down stretches. Also, I wanted to look at quality starts because this is an innings eater. Clearly, he picks up a lot of quality starts. And if you don't know a quality start, it's when you allow three runs or less and you pitch at least six innings. Porcello had two quality starts in April. Four quality starts in May, two in June, one in July, two in August, and two in September. Basically, that means that at least a couple times each month outside of July, he gave his team a chance to win. And in May, he gave his team a chance to win four times. So if Porcello can do even just what he did last year, the Mets stand a pretty good chance to still go 500 in those starts, especially considering how potent that lineup is. Let's move over to Michael Waka. He had a somewhat down year last year. I mean, he pitched to a 4.97 ERA, but he was relatively healthy, making 24 starts, pitching in 29 games, and throwing more than 100 innings, which isn't a guarantee when you look at Waka and the shoulder problems he's had throughout his career. You look at the season he had, and he had some good months, and he had some really bad months, particularly in May, where he pitched to an 8.86 ERA. In April and March at the start of the year and in August, his ERA was in the high fours. He was basically out of the rotation in July. You look at June, he was excellent. Pitching to a 2.84 ERA, he had four starts, pitched in 25 and a third innings, pitched in five games that month. Then in September, across five starts, he pitched to a 2.70 ERA, although he only pitched 16 and two third innings. He did have shoulder issues again, which limited him and he did not pitch in the playoffs. All told throughout the year, though, Waka only had six quality starts, and that goes back 
to the fact that he does not pitch a lot of innings. There's a lot of games where he would start for the Cardinals and only go four. So what does that mean for the Mets? When I look at Watkins, some of those good months and some of the numbers he had, I think he is going to be a guy that, you know, might not go six, seven innings. But if he gives you a quality four, when you have a good bullpen, if the other guys are eating innings, it might not be that bad. And when you have him as the fifth starter, hopefully what that does with the Mets rotation is having Jacob DeGrom as your ace the bullpen should get a breather after a Michael Walker start. So again, I think the Mets can go 500 between those two guys. Their teams last year went 11-13 and 13 in games that Michael Walker started, and in games that Rick Porcello started, the Red Sox went 18-14. and 14. So that tells you right there, they were both hovering around 500. Obviously, Porcello ended up winning, or, well, he won more games than the team won more games when he started, but I look at these guys and I say, what do they have to do this year? Well, they're both coming off some down years. They're both on one-year contracts. They both want to get another contract next year, hopefully for multiple years as opposed to having to sign a one-year deal. So there's motivation there. And I also think you have a change of scenery, which for some guys can be a blessing. Michael Waka has been in St. Louis his entire career. He was supposed to be the next guy, right? There was an arc. You had Chris Carpenter. You then had Adam Wainwright. Guys that come up, they're the starting pitchers. Usually they're postseason heroes, as Michael Waka was at the start of his career coming out of the bullpen. And then they continue and evolve and become the ace of the staff. And I think Waka had that reputation at the start of his career. And he pitched great early on. It fell apart for him, and he had injuries, and I think living up to that reputation maybe weighed on him. Now he kind of gets liberated. He goes to a new place, a new field, a new pitching coach. That could be great for him, and also, he doesn't have to get through 30 starts this year. only has to get through 12, so that might help Waka as well. You go to Porcello, and same thing. He's been in the American League his entire career. Now, it is ironic he comes to the National League and the DH gets adopted, but here's a guy who I think has some upside still and is by no means done. I mean, I think he's only 31 years old despite being in the league as long as he has, or maybe he's 32. So, look at the Mets starting rotation. Is it what we saw last year down the stretch? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That team that won at the insane clip they did last year was going DeGrom, Syndergaard, Wheeler, Stroman, Mats. I mean, that was a sensational rotation. But I also think this lineup is better and this bullpen is better. So hopefully with all that combined, the Mets rotation will be good enough and they can go out and maybe clinch the NL East or even make it as a wildcard team. But... All of it hinges on that top part of the staff. Because I'm not expecting the Mets to go more than 500 in games not started by Steven Matz, Marcus Stroman, and Jacob DeGrom. And you would expect that there's going to be some games started by a David Peterson or a Rosmo Ramirez. I mean, the chances of everyone staying healthy, especially under these conditions, probably aren't likely. So it's going to take some other guys to step up, and it's going to take 
the entire team. But just looking at projections of what this rotation can do, it's good enough for the Mets to compete this year. That is for sure. Anyway, that'll be all for today's edition of Locked On Mets. Thank you for listening. If you want to get some more great baseball content, check out the Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast to get you ready for this shortened fantasy season. All you have to do to get the show is tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Fantasy Baseball.